Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 7 o'clock. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitkins will cast their ballots in the municipal election today, but early voting has been underway for two weeks. And while the early voter turnout doesn't beat last year's record, it's still higher than a typical year. Municipal clerk Sarah Peterson said as of Friday afternoon, 585 people had voted early in person and 115 had submitted absentee ballots. Counting Monday's early votes, that number will be slightly higher, but nothing compared to last year's early voter turnout. In 2020, over half of voters cast their ballots early, making the election results impossible to confirm until early, and absentee ballots were counted three days later. Three candidates are in the running for two open seats on the Sitka Assembly, Dave Miller, Rachel Moreno, and Kevin Mosher. For the school board, Todd Gebler and Amy Morrison likely have it in the bag. Both are running unopposed for two open school board seats. Sitkins will also weigh in on whether to sell the former Sitka Community Hospital building and properties to the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium for $8.25 million. The vote is advisory, however, and the Sitka Assembly will have the final say on the sale after the election. Polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. today at Harrigan Centennial Hall for precincts 1 and 2. Raven News will broadcast live election returns once polls close at 8 p.m. Health officials in Sitka reported one new coronavirus infection over the weekend on Saturday, dropping the community's seven-day case rate down to 27. Sitka's COVID alert level remains high and won't change until the seven-day case rate drops below nine. The Sitka School District reports four cases of COVID associated with Sitka High School and one case associated with Baranoff Elementary. The dip in cases was consistent with an overall drop across the state. Alaska's Department of Health and Social Services reported 6,100 new infections the week ending October 3rd. That's down by almost 3,000 cases from the state's record-breaking week ending September 26th. Young people are now the largest demographic group affected by COVID-19 in the state. 20 to 29-year-olds and 30 to 39-year-olds combined account for nearly 40% of new infections. Children 10 to 19 years old account for 14% of new infections. Saturday's report now puts Sitka's total for the pandemic at 1,126 cases, 23 hospitalizations, and 5 deaths. Sitka Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins is hoping some something beneficial comes out of the special legislative session convened by the governor on Monday, but his hopes are not especially high. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. I caught up with Representative Christ Tompkins as the House went into recess Monday afternoon, shortly before the group was to vote on a joint resolution that would allow the legislature to move into a remote session. Late last week, Speaker of the House Louise Stutz asked the governor to cancel the session as the state faces its worst outbreak of coronavirus since the start of the pandemic, but he refused. Nevertheless, Christ Tompkins is not expecting much progress from 60 people who would rather not be in Juneau right now. Overall, my, my expectations are, I would say, medium low, but I'm I'm very pro-solution and very pro-compromise. Christ Tompkins' enthusiasm for making something happen, even when the odds are against it, landed him a role on the eight-member bipartisan budget working group last summer, which focused on solving some of the state's most intractable budget problems. 
The governor, meanwhile, has been trying to convince the legislature to adopt a constitutional amendment that would split the revenues of the permanent fund 50-50 between state government and dividend payments to Alaskans. There hasn't been much support for the governor's idea among legislators, but Christ Tompkins notes that at least everyone's facing the same direction. I've been pushing for a constitutional amendment for four to six years now. It's just the constitutional amendment that we're respectively looking for are somewhat, although not totally different. And I think there is a middle ground. In fact, I think there's a very specific middle ground to be struck. That middle ground is a functional revenue plan for the state, and that means more taxation, most likely in Alaska's oil field. Otherwise, it's back to the deadlock that's gripped the state government for several years now. I spoke with the governor a week and a half ago about this and basically told him, like, look, if you, you know, if we want to increase the chances of something happening here, a lot of people, you know, on my side of the aisle don't believe you're serious about revenues. It's like, and and without revenues, there will be no deal, period. It's dead. We're just wasting everybody's time. Christ Tompkins says that he was heartened that the governor appeared to take the advice and responded with an oil tax increase, which he introduced Monday afternoon. Christ Tompkins had yet to read it, but he said that small movements in Alaska's oil taxes had the potential to shift hundreds of millions of dollars. And as to whether the legislature is able to break out of Juneau and do this work remotely, Christ Tompkins has his fingers crossed. He said the four special sessions had left him and other legislators feeling depleted and frustrated, and he hoped working from home would allow himself and his colleagues to approach the state's problems with a more constructive energy. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. KCAW exchanged phone calls with Sitka Senator Bert Stedman on Monday, but was unable to connect while the Senate was in session. We hope to bring you Senator Stedman's thoughts on the special session in the next day or two. Juno's Bartlett Regional Hospital is one of 20 Alaska care facilities the state authorized to use its emergency guidelines to help navigate this phase of the pandemic. Kim McDowell is the chief nursing officer at Bartlett. I caught up with representative. Right now, currently at Bartlett, we're nowhere near um, at, in a position where we'd have to prioritize care for our patients. But she said the stress, stress on the statewide system affects Juno. She said if Bartlett gets a surge of seriously ill patients that it can't transfer because Anchorage facilities are full, the crisis standards document will provide the framework for tough decisions. It's kind of like a, a, a game of Jenga a little bit. You know, you, you kind of balance everything and, and keep it kind of steady. Um, but one thing could just tip it over. As of Monday afternoon, there are six patients with active COVID-19 infections in the hospital. But that doesn't include COVID patients being treated who are no longer infectious. McDowell says she sees many people who have been hospitalized for COVID return later with lingering symptoms that require another hospitalization. McDowell says the hospital did not make the crisis decision lightly. It's mixed emotions. It is kind of realization that this is where we are in this pandemic and some organizations and hospitals are having to make this and it's as a nurse it's heartbreaking because crisis standards will be in place until hospitals have sufficient resources to offer the usual standard of care to all patients 
Bartlett is getting help. As part of the state's contract to relieve exhausted health care workers, six nurses are already in Juneau. The hospital expects three more nurses, two certified nursing assistants, and two surgical techs to arrive in the coming days. It's mixed emotions. It is kind of realization that this is where we are in this pandemic. And it's a huge impact. I mean, it allows us to um, make sure that our patient nurse-patient ratios are um, at a normal level. It allows staff to, you know, us to be able to have a higher census. It allows us to be more flexible with elective surgeries. The regional hospital is still offering outpatient elective surgeries. Procedures that require an overnight stay are assessed separately. Officials from the state and the hospital continue to encourage Alaskans to get vaccinated. And that's it for Raven News for this hour. Right now we'll take a look at our forecast for Sitka for Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Today is sunny with a high near 50. Calm wind becoming north around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 39. North wind around 5 miles per hour. And tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high near 49. North wind around 5 miles per hour becoming south in the afternoon. And we'll take a quick look coming up next at our community calendar. So looking forward in the week a little bit, for Wednesday, water aerobics is held 10.30 a.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at Blatchley Pool. Call 907-747-5677 if you have questions. Sitka School Board meets 6 p.m. Wednesday, October 6th at 6 p.m. in the Sitka High Library. Sitka Planning Commission meets 6.30 p.m. Wednesday, October 6th at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Volunteer positions are available on many Sitka municipal boards and commissions. Interested persons may submit letters of interest and application to the municipal clerk's office. Applications are at cityofsitka.com and the clerk's office. For further information, call 907-747-1826. Sitka Climate Action Task Force meets noon Thursday, October 7th via Zoom. And those interested in research being conducted on landslides and the idea of a community-based landslide warning system are invited to a town hall, 6.30 p.m. Thursday, October 7th, at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Call 907-747-8878, extension 11, with questions about how to participate. You're tuned in to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka, listening to Morning Edition. The time is just about one minute after 7 a.m., and we're headed into NPR 